Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Good morning, Oceans Church. Thanks for having me. You feeling good? You feeling hot and sweaty? Who's feeling hot and sweaty? Right, well, we haven't even started, so it's going to get hotter and it's going to get sweatier. You can take a seat. Man, it's such an honor to be here. Um, as Pastor Mark said, how funny. I don't, I don't think there's any coincidences with God, though. For whatever reason, Pastor Mark is preaching at, really, Pastor Rochelle's home church and Pastor Mark, where they came from. Our parents founded the church in Capitol Church, so he's speaking there today. And we just, my husband and I, Garrison. Garrison, you want to stand up? Say hi to the crowd. And our little buddy, our little 14-month-old baby, Declan, we just happen to be here. And so look at what happens. There's no coincidence with God. So what an honor to be here at Ocean's Church. Man, we love you. We pray for you. Um, my husband and I are the college and young adult pastors at our church and run our intern program. And um, man, we love Ocean's Church. We pray for you. Um, we think about you. We're so blessed by what God's doing in California. Um, we're glad God's doing something great because we hope less Californians will start, com- like, you know, we hope this means they'll stop coming to Idaho. We'd appreciate it. Just kidding. If you do come to Idaho, come to Capitol Church, come to Boise. We love you. But God, I don't know why people leave California because I think God's up to something. And I'm so blessed by what Pastor Mark and Rochelle have pioneered. And I hope you know how special it is of what you have here at Oceans Church. I think it's easy in your church to get really comfortable and think, oh, yeah, it's church. It's great. But if you got to travel and you went to any other churches in the last couple years, you would know and realize that you are a very blessed community. You have some of the top leaders, I believe, in the country who lead with faith, with wisdom. They have great divine strategy from heaven. They listen to the Holy Spirit. And I think the best is yet to come for this church. I really believe it. I cannot wait to see what God does in and through this, this church. I mean, it's, it goes without saying. I mean, the worship, I was listening to that. And this is not like some special prophetic word because I think you just know it. What God wants to do in and through the worship at Ocean's Church is going to go from nations across the globe. And it's just, it's just the beginning what he wants to do. Come on. You're an awesome church. I already feel it, right? God's going to do something. So it is an honor. I'm excited to preach today. I know you've been on a series um, and you've been talking about as far as you can see. And so if you're here in the tent, if you're watching online, I believe that God wants to deposit something rich and new and freshen you today. Now, it's hard to get up in here and preach faith after Pastor Mark Francie, because let me tell you something. Pastor Mark and Pastor Rochelle are some of the best faith preachers and faith livers. Is that, a, is that even a phrase? I don't think so. But you like it, you know? They live faith. Man, Pastor Mark has been, for my husband Garrison and I and Pastor Rochelle, have been some of the greatest faith deposits when we need it, it's like Pastor Mark and Rochelle just know this. It's like um, in, the, in the awesome guy in the video talked about Pastor Jude. He's the other one in our life. When you just need it, you'll get a call from one of them going, hey, I'm just thinking, here's a scripture. They just got faith. So somehow God gave me a word to preach faith at the most faith church. So apparently someone in the room still needs faith. I don't know who. First time guest. The first time guest needs it. No. But I'm excited to just add to whatever the Holy Spirit's given me to this series as far as you can see. 
And God gave me this uh, text in Luke chapter 5, and Pastor Joel, he already used it, so it must be the Holy Spirit wants to preach this text today. But if you go to Luke chapter 5, we're going to read some scripture. Do you like the Bible? Are you excited for what God wants to speak through the word? It says this in Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read this. You can read along with me. It says, on one of those days. Have you ever had one of those days? <laughs> on one of those days, as he was teaching, speaking about Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And pause for a second. If you know anything about this text and if you know anything about the New Testament, you know the, the Pharisees, the scribes, the, the doctors of the law were trying to trap Jesus, Right. So they were kind of following him around, just like the people who had heard about his, his miracles and his teachings. They're trying to follow him around. And these scribes and Pharisees are following Jesus, and they want to trap him. They want, to, they want him to do something that he shouldn't do. And this is what's so great about Jesus, is Jesus welcomed them into all his meetings. Because you know what Jesus knew, and what hopefully we know, is that when you get in the presence of Jesus, even if you have the wrong intentions, and even if you come with questions and doubts, he's not intimidated. So if you've come today with a doubt or a question, maybe you've been questioning God, maybe you've been doubting God, maybe there's some fear and worry. Let me tell you something. God's not intimidated by it. And today through the preaching of the word, I believe that God's going to remind you and speak to you in a way that only he can. So these scribes and these Pharisees are coming. They're trying to trap him, right? But Jesus and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Amen. Do we believe that's for today? And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. They went up on a tent. <laughs> and they, be, they, they laid him down or let him down with, the, with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And I love this verse. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, that's crazy right there. Some of you are already having some questioning thoughts. And Jesus is just going, he's going to answer your thoughts. You don't even have to say it. He can read your mind. You better get scared, you know? perceiving their thoughts, he answered them. Why do you question in your hearts? Come on, I feel that for someone in the room. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or say rise and walk, but that you may know that the son of man has authority on all earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, I say to you, pick up your bed and go home. Rise and walk, he says. But that, may, that you may know the Son of Man, he said to the man, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things. That's what every Sunday should look like. Come on. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Bible says. And I don't know about you, but I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I believe what the Bible says. Come on, today we're going to talk about collective faith. Collective faith. 
there is a faith that God wants to stir in each one of us, but there is one that's going to come together collectively. Do you believe it? Will you pray with me this morning? We say, Jesus, right now in this space, we give you all authority. This is your service. These are your people. Everybody listening under the sound of my voice, whether you're in this tent, outside of this tent, you're watching online. God, I know that you know every single detail of their lives. You know what concerns them. You know what weighs them. You know what questions. You know what they need. Father, we thank you that you are and forever will be their source. So Jesus, we just pray right now that you would have full reign. We worshiped and sang about it, and now we ask that you would activate it in this space. Do whatever you want to do in and through this service. Lord, I thank you for the great honor and responsibility it is to speak your word. So I pray, Father, you'd anoint me and you'd speak through me. Whatever it is you want to say, say it today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Well, if you notice in this text, there's, there's, a, there's a longing here or a sense of community, right? There's, we have all these characters in this text. We've got Jesus, of course, the main guy the best guy, right? You've got a paralyzed man. You have four friends. We're going to talk about the best friends you could ever have. If you need some friends, find some friends like this. You have some scribes and some Pharisees, but what you're seeing here is you're seeing a need for community, a need for each other, right? All the way back in the beginning in Genesis, it tells us and tells Adam, God says this, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Meaning God does not think it is the best for us to do this life alone. We're always intended to do it together. It's built into the fabric of who we are. Built into me and built into you is togetherness. You were never created to do everything alone. I think that's why the last couple years have been so hard for people. Because so much of our life was then pushed into into a sphere or we were forced into some aloneness, some isolation, and we know the statistics. I don't need to go in. It has been a tragic, statistically, for many young people, those that have suffered with mental illnesses and things all across the country, because why? Because you and I were not built for it. Built into who we are, the very person that Jesus made us image bearers, the Imago Dei, who he created us to be, is together. For me to be with you, you to be with me. Community. But I think so much of it when we get saved and we follow Jesus and we're part of uh, community and church, we still try to live it out kind of by ourselves. Have you ever tried to just kind of live it? You like maybe going through something, I don't want to bother Pastor Joel. I don't want to bother, you know, Pastor Mark. I'm just going to, I'm going to figure it out. When actually I think we were really built to do things together. I mean, come on. Look at our, look at the human condition. We love workout classes. Look at the trend. It's like F45. Some of you do CrossFit. You could like lift this tent from its tent pegs and blow it to the next parking lot or something. I feel like that's what CrossFit people do. You know, people get on fantasy football and they just like live for it. Dan Dunson, shout out. And all the guys at our church in Boise, Idaho. Like they do, you know, come on. They like love that they have these mock drafts and they spend all this time together and they like have to meet up for their draft and like nothing. I'm like, what are you doing? And they're doing fantasy football, but what they're actually also doing is community. You know what blows my mind is Xbox gamers. They have a community. I've heard of people leading people to the Lord through their little headset live playing Call of Duty or something. I, 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 
It's a community, right? Social media, whether we believe it or not, is a form of community and it's become for so many people family. Like I wake up every morning and I'm like, what are my girls doing? You know, my mentors that I don't know and they don't know me, but they're gonna tell me what to wear, <laughs> right? Why, why do we need this? Well, because God built it in you. And the very heart of this story in Luke chapter five is community. What does it tell us? It tells us about a paralyzed man. We don't know how he was paralyzed. We don't know what has caused his ailment. We don't know why he, he's in this bed. But we, we likely, according to text, it could be his whole life. Could be since he was a child. But we know this. He has no way of getting around unless some people help him. He's completely dependent on others. So I don't know if he heard about Jesus coming to town or the friends heard about Jesus coming to town and they let him know. But somehow he knew he needed to get to that meeting. Some of you knew you needed to get to Ocean's Church. You got to get a call, maybe Ubered. I don't know, but you got here. He knew he needed to get here, but he couldn't have gotten here on his own. He wanted to get in in the presence of Jesus. He knew if he could get in the presence of Jesus, that was it. And he has these friends, come on, best friends in the world. I mean, I, I have some good friends, but I need to find some a little bit more loyal, like these four. I mean, they'll do anything, right? They show such courage. They show an urgency to get him near Jesus. They recognize their skill set. They're like, we might not be able to heal him, but we know a guy who can. And we're going to use the resources that God's given me. And we're going to get him near the presence of Jesus. They're creative, right? They sacrifice. They're sacrificial, right? I wonder, this is what I always think about this text. I wonder the needs these four men had. Because they obviously knew the power of Jesus. And I'm thinking four of those guys that are going to cut a hole in a roof and drop the man near Jesus, they probably had some needs too. They probably needed God to do something in their life. But for some reason, this band of brothers get together and they say, our friend needs a miracle and he needs us and we're going to come together and we're going to help him get near Jesus. So it's just this beautiful story of what it means to have collective faith, to bring together what God has in it. I think innately placed on the inside of each one of us, you have something to offer. Well, then you have these scribes and these Pharisees also listening. Now, scholars will tell us that it was in the city of Capernaum, which is the place where Jesus actually grew up. So this place, it was like his hometown crowd. So he's preaching in a city. Years ago, I went to Israel. I was blessed to go on a trip to Israel. And I went to the very place that they think this happened. I mean, that alone, just like chills, you know. And they, they believe that reason everywhere Jesus went, there was crowds, but this was like his hometown. These are like people they probably heard about him. And actually, have you ever, they, the Bible talks about this. Sometimes it's harder to preach in your own town. You know, he goes in this space and he has these scribes and Pharisees coming into the place because they want to trap him. They want to trick Jesus. And I don't, I've preached in a lot of environments and it's interesting. Like you can tell when you're being received in, in the space, right? I can't imagine what it's like for Jesus to preach. And he's got these scribes and Pharisees going like this. Like waiting for him to mess up. Like say one thing wrong. And Jesus doesn't even care. Like, you know, like I'm a human. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope they believe in women in ministry today. You know, I don't know. 
Apparently we do at Ocean's Church. Yes, of course you do. Of course you do. But like, I can't imagine what Jesus is sitting there and he's got a crowd there just doesn't even like him. And they're not pretending, you know? We're nicer. We're like, we'll give her a shot. We'll let her wow us, you little circus monkey, you know? But Jesus, he can feel the tension. Jesus doesn't doesn't even skip a beat. He just sits there and he preaches the good news gospel. And he's sitting there talking and teaching. And you, I, I bet there's a smile on his face. And, and, uh, and not unbeknownst to Jesus, because Jesus knew what was going on on, on the outside of, the, of this place. He knew that there was a paralyzed man who had four friends go pick him up, literally. And they come outside, and they must have shown up to the, the meeting a little bit late. That's why some of you have to sit on the outside today. They showed up a little bit late, and it says this. The Bible says this, that the place was crowded. It's too crowded. They can't get in, so they got to get creative, right? They're like, okay, well, how are we going to get this guy in? I don't know about you, but I would have maybe given up at that point. I would have been like, good try. We're good Christians. We tried to bring our friend to Jesus. Like, it, he, he, maybe on his way out, he'll catch him. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I have the creative juices in me to figure out how to get a lame man into the building next to Jesus when it's crowded and nobody's going to let us in. But somehow these four friends, they start getting like, okay, we got to figure this out. What should we do? And they're probably dialoguing. I don't know. There's probably one alpha male in the group. Who knows? Maybe there's four. It could have taken them 30 minutes to figure it out. It was dudes. Okay. One girl would have been in there. It would have been figured out in five second flats. Can I get an amen? I kid, I kid. Kinda. Here they are. They're trying to figure it out. They're outside. They're like, how are we going to get this guy in the tent? It's crowded. What are we going to do? Somehow they figure out this plan. Something that you need to know about the, um, the, the ancient world, the time of Jesus, is the roofs were flat. They didn't, have, they didn't have a roof like this or a tent like this. They had flat roofs. And all of them would have ladders on the side of the house. So one of them gets the bright idea, which still is not that bright, because how do you get a man on a cot and you climb a ladder? But one's like, I got the idea. See that ladder? We're going to climb him up there. And I think that was the end of their plan. I don't think they had the next part figured out. And one of them was probably like, yeah, sounds good. And the other two were like, I don't know, but we got no other option. So they take this man. This paralyzed man, I can't imagine what he's thinking. I think he just is like, come on, just get me in there. I've heard about him. If I can just get near Jesus. So they somehow get this man up a ladder onto the top of the roof. And then who knows who thought of plan B. But then they get up there and they go, okay, well, we got first part. Now, how are we going to get him in there? And here's Jesus just down there talking. Pharisees are looking at him like, bring it. There's tension in the room. There's a bunch that want to get healed and they've heard about Jesus. There's some that want to trap him. And then there's a man on a roof. And Jesus is probably talking just like I'm talking right here. Can you imagine just someone cutting cut open? Don't do it. You know, someone just goes, I mean, I would be like, I'd be done for the service. You guys would be like, the distraction. Jesus is just talking. And all of a sudden, these tiles, and I can only imagine dust is falling, rocks are falling. I don't think it was like, cut, 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 clean, and then all of a sudden, a man drops. Took some time. They're having to lift open the tiles, it says. They have to remove these tiles to make a big enough space to drop a man through a roof near Jesus. The fact they didn't drop the man and cause more injury. 
there's so many problems. This is a problematic situation. But these men, these friends, their faith, they got them near Jesus. And the Bible says this, that cut open the roof. They laid this man from a mat right next to Jesus. One translation says right in front of Jesus. They laid him down. And this is what gets me. Jesus says this. And this is what, oh man, isn't our Jesus so good? He doesn't go, oh my gosh, you interrupted my meeting. Seriously, like I could have healed you outside. Jesus stops his mission, stops what he's doing. And he looks at the man and I'm sure he looks at the friends and he says this, who, your faith or their faith because of their faith, not your faith, not my faith, not one person's faith, but because of their faith. He says, your sins are forgiven. There. This plural pronoun is the key to the text. See, scholars will tell us that what does there mean in this text? It means not just the man. And I'm sure he had some faith. faith. It does not negate his faith. This text is not saying four friends had faith for him and then he didn't even have to have faith. That's not what the text says and that's not what scholars will tell you. Scholars will tell you the mix of their faith with the man's faith together, collective faith, drew Jesus's attention. The attention of Jesus was drawn to the need because faith came together. I don't know about you, but have you ever had low faith and you needed somebody else to help stir it? You know who I call? I call my sister, Pastor Rochelle. You ever need some faith? I'm like, Rochelle. And she will like rattle off some scriptures. She'll be like, she'll pray the most powerful prayer you've ever heard in your entire life. All you have to do is listen to Pastor Rochelle pray. And you're like, oh yeah, I've got tons of faith. I can pick up that car and throw it. <laughs> Why do we, we, we need that? Because we need each other's faith. And I think this text shows us that that collective faith is required. Now, believe, don't, don't get me wrong. I still need to have faith. The Bible says this, it's impossible to what? Please God without it. So independently and personally, I need to have faith to believe for what God wants to do in me. Romans 12 says that each of us has a measure of faith. So I have a measure of faith right? I walk in some faith as a believer. As soon as you become a believer and you join the family of God, you have faith. That's why we call us believers. You should have some faith. I have a measure. You have a measure. We all have a measure, but together when we bring our faith, there's something powerful that happens with collective faith. I believe signs and wonders follow those who believe the Bible says it says those who believe. It doesn't say you who believe. It gives me this picture of collectively we need each other. See, we're living in a time, California, you need some collective faith. God wants to do something amazing in and through Oceans Church in Orange County and all through the state of California, but we need each other. My faith alone is not strong enough to get us to where we need to go. If I want to get to as far as I can see, I need you and you need me. We need each other with our collective faith. My measure, your measure. We throw it in the bowl of Jesus. We throw it at the feet of Jesus. 
We pick up the mat of someone who's been laying on it. The Bible says this, that it wasn't just a place that he, he slept on. It was the place he lived. He lived on this mat. And I think there's people around us that are so broken and so hurting that I think we, we get so caught up, I think, in the world that God has given us in the life. And I know life is busy and our worlds are busy and there's things going on. But when you become a part of the family of God, now you're about collective faith. There could be someone sitting right next to you right now in this service who needs some faith. And you woke up this morning with a lot of faith. It was one of those good days. The coffee tasted good today. The drive was smooth today. My gosh, it is on Sundays. That was amazing how fast you get here on a Sunday. You know, you you just, you got faith, you know, as David was saying, you're like, whoa, you felt it. But somebody next to you might've gotten a diagnosis this week. Somebody, someone next to you might've been walking through something with a child or a spouse, or maybe they're experiencing loneliness and discouragement and they need your faith. God has called us to come together to bring our faith my faith, your faith, together, we will see impossible things become possible. That's the beauty of collective faith. Now, can God do something just in through my faith? Of course, God can do anything at any time, any way he wants. But for some reason, God likes to bring us together and cause all of us to be a part of the mission. Why? God gets more glory. Think about this. Couldn't Jesus have gone to the man's house and healed him? 100%. Did Jesus know of the man? Guaranteed. Guaranteed, no question. Jesus knew his address, just like he knows yours. He could have walked right, he could have finished the meeting, done the signs and wonders, just like refuted all the Pharisees and scribes, ticked them off to no end, and then walked outside and goes, sorry guys, disciples, Peter, calm down. I'm gonna go, I gotta go, I gotta go somewhere. Judas. Just kidding. He's probably hugging Judas because he's Jesus. And he goes over. He could have gone to the man's house. Why did Jesus want the man brought in through roof by four friends? Because Jesus loves to do signs and wonders to showcase his glory. Everybody in that room's faith soared even the hardest of hearts, even the scribe and the Pharisee. When they saw Jesus so beautifully, not interrupted, not irritated, when a man's dropped in front, I mean, if something dropped in front of me, there was a bug in the first service and I almost left. It was massive. And I was like, Joel, you can finish. Jesus isn't even bothered by a man getting cut through a roof, brought down to the feet. And he looks at him and he says, shh, because of their faith. Come on, rise up and walk. This is the beauty of community. See, community brings courage to bring people to Jesus. Community brings courage to go into a packed house and get creative. Community causes you to do crazy things. Community will stir you to actually walk into the the purposes in the plan of God. Community will help some of you who God's calling you into something to actually do it because within community, you have courage, 
You have collective faith. You have those who stand with you and believe with you. Garrison and I have a 14-month-old baby. And so 14 months ago, I about gave up on life, you know, because he had to deliver it. I experienced collective faith right then and there, right? We go to the hospital. Uh, I was scheduled an induction, so... Um, and then this was demonic. They called me in the morning. They're like, sorry, the hospital's really full. We're going to have to push it back two hours. And I was like, you will not. I, we, I still got to the hospital early. I'm like, just please, please. We get to the hospital. Um, my doctor comes in and there's, um, my husband's in there, Garrison and, and Rochelle, Pastor Rochelle and I's mom, who's the sweetest of all time. She's sitting there texting everybody to pray. She's on the prayer app. She's speaking in tongues in the corner, you know? Get yourself a Connie. Y'all need a Pastor Connie. She prays for you, by the way, so you're good. You're covered. And then I have our nurse, and she's super sweet. And then she comes to me, and I'm in full-on labor. And she's like, so um, is it okay if we have this trainee nurse participate? And I was like, well, she's standing in front of me. What am I supposed to say? Like, no, because that's really what I wanted to answer. So I was like, sure, bring them on. Is there a male nurse that wants to come in here too? Like, bring them all, you know? I'm like, who knows? Boise's small enough. I'm like, she could go to our church for all I know. So I got to be a good Christian. <laughs> so the sweet nurse, she couldn't do an IV. I'm at bruises all over both arms. And I'm just looking at her like, oh, man. My doctor comes in and he goes, okay, well, let's hope we have a baby today. And I was like, hope? I didn't sign up for hope. I signed up for like a guarantee. All the moms are cheering. They're like, I didn't know. I thought you go in and you leave with the baby. So I was like, oh God, um, we're hoping this baby's going to come out today. You know, several hours in, it's not fun. We're not going to get graphic. Don't worry. It's just, it's full on labor. And I keep hearing my doctor say, hope, hope we have a baby. I'm like, no, we're having this baby. And then at one point I am just like, I I remember saying it. I go, I can't do this. I can't. And there's a little trainee nurse, my regular nurse, my mom, my husband right there. The doctor walks in right at the time. They all get around me and they all go collectively. You can do it. Come on. You can do it. I was like, I can't. They're like, you can do it. The doctor's like, you kind of have to. All of a sudden I felt the collective faith come in the room. And I kid you not, I've been pushing for three hours. And moms, you know, that is not ideal. And all of a sudden, I start feeling the Holy Spirit come upon. I believe it was. It was faith came in the room. They believed. I believed. And without, like, within moments, that little guy came up earth side. I needed other people. Some of you have been sitting spiritually like you're doing labor on your own. And God brought you to Ocean's Church for a reason. So that people will come alongside of you. And they will push you further. And the things that you see, you'll get to them. Because you have people that will come alongside of you and believe with you. And have faith with you and encourage you. We're not, we're not called to do it alone. We need each other. We need collective faith. You need me and come on church, I need you. This is what God has called us to. There's something that's so interesting to me about um, other organizations. Sometimes I think the church could learn from other organizations. 
Alcoholics Anonymous is known, their purpose is not only to help those who have struggled with addiction through alcohol and other things, to help them get off of that addiction, to remove that addiction, but they also believe in helping other people. Think about this. This is beautiful to me. Alcoholic Anonymous is, I can't say that, you know, AA. It's everywhere. You know, you could go anywhere in the country, and if you were struggling and you were feeling you've struggled with that addiction and you were really worried about maybe falling into it again, you could find an AA meeting. You could walk into that meeting. You don't know a soul. It could be a city you've never been in. And those strangers aren't really strangers. They're going to come alongside of you. They're going to tell you it's okay. They're going to tell you you can do it. They're going to say, nope, you're you're not going to make a mistake. You're not going to fall into this again. And they're going to help you. Don't you think that that's what the mission of the church is? Only the front row thinks it. I know you online. You know it. You're shouting me down. Because we know this. When you come into the family of God, it's not about us anymore. It's about all of us. It's the mission of Jesus. And see, Jesus is on a mission to rescue people. And he loves to demonstrate it in collective places. Why? Because he gets all the glory. Like, if I was sitting in my room and I needed a miracle, and God can do it, and God does it all the time. He could heal me, whatever, transform me, get saved. And God does all these things. You could be sitting in your car. You could be in a bathroom, for goodness sake, and God could do it. But why does God tend to, throughout church history, you see this, and in the text, why does God like to do amazing, miraculous things in spaces where it's crowded. Have you seen that in the New Testament? And there was a crowd. Feeds 5,000. And there was a crowd. And he heals the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. And there's a crowd. And a man gets dropped from... Why? Because Jesus is an extrovert? And he likes... He's a showman? No. Because he knows the more people that see the demonstration of his power, the further... The mission of gospel, the mission of Jesus will go. So that's why people of God, gospel people, he wants to use your faith mixed with her faith and his faith and my faith and our faith. And he wants to do big, dramatic, amazing, miraculous things. Because that's who God is. And I think today Jesus wants to stir some faith. I feel it in the tent. There's some weak faith. There's some that you've had faith, and I feel this for some in the room. Maybe you've had faith for something in your life for decades, and you're tired and weary. And I'm calling you and compelling you today to throw your measure of faith at the feet of Jesus. Maybe you're the paralyzed man today. But there's four friends. And can I venture to guess there's hundreds of friends, part of this community. They're going to come alongside of you. And they're going to help carry you to Jesus. And when they do, ah, just wait. Just wait for what Jesus is going to unleash. I felt this in the 9 a.m. and I feel it in this one. Is it what you've seen in this tent? Nothing compared to what you still will see. 
meaning this. I know, I know you're not going to be in the tent forever. I know you're going to be an amazing, beautiful building. And if Pastor Rochelle has anything to do with it, it's going to be top notch. But until you get there, I felt like the Holy Spirit said there's going to be signs and wonders. And I don't know how you actually do this. I don't know. And I, I actually was too scared to say it in the 9 a.m., so forgive me, Lord. I walked in and I saw crutches hanging and wheelchairs. I don't even know how you physically do that. Would it take the tent down? I don't know anything about construction or anything. Ask my husband. But when I walked in this morning, I saw it all along the tents. I didn't see it in a building. I saw it in a tent. What Jesus wants to do in Orange County. And those don't necessarily represent just physical paralysis. Some, yes. I think there will be absolutely documented physical healing, signs and wonders, without a question, without question. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of us. So I think anything that's true of Jesus can be true of us. So absolutely, someone could come in here broken, sick, paralyzed, and get up and leave walking. But I also think it's for those that are spiritually paralyzed. Man, Orange County needs Jesus. There's hurting people. There's broken people. And when we join together collective faith and we bring people to the feet of Jesus, I think you're going to be astonished. The prayer of Jabez says this in the Old Testament. It says, enlarge our tent pegs. Stretch them out. Enlarge our capacity. I feel like the Holy Spirit's trying to enlarge your capacity. Don't get, don't get like comfortable with this tent. It's not big enough. Don't be comfortable. Don't be comfortable with your faith. Let him stretch your faith. Let him enlarge your tent. Things you have believed for and you stopped believing for, I believe he's resurrecting today. Come on, we're, we're wimpy Christians, man. We're wimpy. Maybe you're not I am, okay? I'll speak for myself. You're... you're Man, I want to believe for more. Why don't I believe? Why don't I believe that sick people could come in here sick and leave healthy and whole? Why can't I believe that the moment someone walks in with mental health struggles, that they've struggled with all their life, being given bad diagnosis, they walk in totally set free by the power of Jesus? Jesus didn't go to the cross just for your physical. He went for your mind. And your spirit and your soul. He wants to heal you and make you whole from the inside out. We're on a mission. I don't know if you remember this movie, Saving Private Ryan. Do you remember this movie? Crazy story. Remember a mom had four sons. Three of them had been killed in World War II. And one of the top commanders had found out about this mother's three sons who had been killed in battle. And he was going to have to go give word to this mother that she had lost three sons. Well, then they heard there's one more son and he's lost and he's unaccounted for somewhere in France and they needed to find him. He refused to go home and tell this mom she had four dead sons. So all of a sudden there's a mission where eight men are recruited 
to go find one man, Private Ryan. They didn't know where he was. He was somewhere in France. They said, listen, we're going into a treacherous place. We're going to a dangerous place. But we have a mission, and we got to bring this son home. I think that's the Christian story. I'm not here to live for myself. I'm not here just to love my husband and love my baby and build the church and do my job. Those things, yes, I absolutely, but I'm also here to be on mission for other people. And clap, yes, but know when you're clapping, it may be a little inconvenient. And it may be a stretch of your faith. And it may take some courage and some boldness. And it may take you to just step out of the boat and go, man, I don't know, this sounds crazy, but I just believe that person is going to be healed. I don't know. But that's the mission that Jesus has called us on. You and I are on mission. We're not floating around just waiting for him to return. We have been placed on this earth to point people to Jesus. And together our faith will bring a dead man or a lame man or a broken man or a hurting man and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Come on, church. You and me, you and me together are going to see signs and wonders and miracles following. Why? Because we believe. I'm a believer. You're a believer. And I will not be satisfied until I see what Jesus told us we should see. Come on, let's, let's throw out all the mundane. Ooh. Let's start getting crazy. Let's start living what we sing. Man, I love your songs, by the way. Let's live what we sing. Man, we love singing it. Let's live it. Let's walk it out. Let's practice it. Ooh, come on. Who wants some collective faith? Let's join our faith and believe God to do miraculous things. Somebody in the tent tonight needs a miracle or in the day. Someone watching online, you need a miracle. God knows your story. He hears your broken heart. He knows what you've been longing for and praying for. And right now, I feel like the Holy Spirit can encounter you right where you are. Our faith here, I don't know how it works. It's supernatural. But our collective faith can affect someone who's watching online. It's so crazy. You could watch this two hours from now. In fact, I think someone's going to watch this at 2.32 Pacific time. You're going to watch this at 2.32. God is speaking to you and he's healing your body. There's chronic issues in your body. And at 2.32, this tent started praying for you. And two hours from now, you're going to watch it and you're going to go, what? That's me. That's right. Because God cares about every detail of your life. So right now, we pray for anybody and everybody under the sound of my voice. If you watch it live or in the future, we thank you, Jesus. You know the needs and you will heal in Jesus' name. I believe there's people in the tent. We're going to practice some collective faith right now. I believe there's people in here. I felt God spoke to me during worship. You've been experiencing long COVID symptoms. Now, we're not giving declaration to anything, but some of you have experienced long symptoms. They call it long COVID. And you've been having difficulty in your body since you had COVID. And the Holy Spirit told me right now that he's eradicating all those symptoms right now. That's you in this place. Would you just raise your hand? You've been experiencing some symptoms. Can you raise your hand in faith? Come on, there's thank you, sir. 
Thank you, sir. Anybody else? I see you in the back. Come on. I see you in the back. I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on, church. Come on. Let's get some faith. Keep your hand up if you would. We're going to practice some body ministry. We're going to practice what I preach. Let's, if you see a hand near you and you're full of faith, I want you to get around them and I want you to begin to pray for them. He's eradicating those things. I think doctors have told you, have given you not really great diagnosis or hope. They just say, you know, maybe it'll go away. We don't know a lot. I felt the Holy Spirit say this this morning. He said, it is done once and for all. No more symptoms to follow. Whatever those lingering symptoms are, whatever those causes, whatever has, has gone into your body, I pray to the very cell of your body, to every bone. I feel like there's some with chronic pain. The Holy Spirit is right now healing. He's restoring. He's realigning. What was the enemy meant for evil? God is turning around for good right now. You are going to be a testimony and declaring the glory of God. People who have seen you broken and now will see you whole, will now glorify God because they know it is a miracle as you walk in healing and wholeness. Pain-free. I pray breathing issues resolved. I pray heart issues completely eliminated. Your heart is functioning appropriately right now in Jesus' name. Whatever lingering symptoms, I bind them by the name of Jesus. And I thank you. You are, you are at the foot of the cross. Jesus went to the cross for those things and he died for those things. And now you are free in Jesus' name. We release you right now. Healing, 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 healing. And if you're watching online, same is true for you. Long COVID symptoms, be gone in Jesus' name. You're healthy and whole. We believe the report of the Lord and the report of the Lord says this, that you are healthy and will live a long life. Thank you, Jesus. I also felt the broken heart of a mother. I don't know if you're here in this space under the tent or where you are, but your heart has been broken for a child. I felt like your child has been um, wrapped up in addictions. I don't know if you have a relationship with your son or your daughter right now, but I felt your heart has been broken and not that you've given up. I don't think a mom could ever give up. It's just, it just can't. But there's been a part of you that just feels like it's a loss cause. But that son or that daughter who has been captivated by addictions, demonic attack I feel I just I can see right now I can see in the spirit whatever those 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 attachments are are being cut off and released off of your son or your daughter right now who's been addicted and far from God maybe they once knew the Lord but they're a prodigal I pray this over your son and your daughter that they would come to their senses Wherever they are. If that's you, mom, you got a broken heart, lift your hand. If you have a broken heart, thank you for your hand. Thank you for your hand. Come on, church. Thank you for your hand, mom. You're a good mom. You're a great moms. You're amazing moms. Right now. where your baby is right now and his presence is surrounding them and you've carried the burden you've blamed yourself you have sleepless nights worrying if you're going to get a phone call that says your son or your daughter has overdosed or they're in a hospital you've carried this 
And I feel the Holy Spirit right now, first and foremost is doing this. He's healing your heart and the wounds, the regrets, what mom doesn't have a regret. God right now is coming and mending, healing the wounds. And at the same time, simultaneously, he's surrounding your baby with his presence. The same presence you feel in this tent, who I don't know where they are, but it's moving into their neighborhood. It's moving into their room. It's moving into their car. Wherever they are, they're being surrounded. And we bind you, young person, to the perfect will of Jesus. You will not go to the right or the left. You will not die but live and declare the works of Jesus. And I pray right now, just like we pray for the prodigal son, you will come home and come to your senses right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, do you believe it? They're coming home. They're coming home. They're on their way. They're on their way. I feel it, they're on their way. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands. Can we let the Holy Spirit move for just a couple, like a minute more or so? Man, I feel him here, do you feel him? hard because you feel sweat too I know but the Holy Spirit is here thank you Jesus come on just welcome him tell him to stir your faith ask him to give you a larger measure of faith ask him to stretch you and enlarge your tent and your capacity to believe come on in this space God wants to move he wants to move he wants to move come on let him move from one end to the other from the front to the back and the back all the way back up to the front come on he knows you he knows what you need he knows what your neighbor needs he knows what your baby needs and your mom needs and your husband needs come on let him do it Jesus he's moving he's moving he's moving let him move let him move let him move Holy Spirit we invite you come heal come rescue come restore come rejuvenate there are people here that have dead dreams and God wants to resurrect them today there's some dead dreams in the place. It's been dead, you've given up. And right now the Holy Spirit says, nope, come on, collect your faith. Throw that faith, throw your measure of your faith at the feet of Jesus. And I'm gonna resurrect what was dead. Cause if he said it, he'll do it. If he's given you a promise, I'll promise you this, he will keep that promise. So trust him, believe in him, depend on him. Come on, let's get some faith in here. In the name of Jesus.
you, Jesus. There's someone with a thyroid issue. God's healing you right now. If that's just you, just claim it in faith. You have a thyroid issue. Holy Spirit wants to heal it right now. There's someone with chronic back pain that the Holy Spirit is, is, is healing you from right now. I feel like you feel it going up and down your spine. I know it feels hot in here already, but there's like heat going up and down. Maybe it's cool. I know that sometimes when I pray these things, sometimes people get heat. They feel like fire, and other times people feel like a cooling sensation. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is healing chronic back pain right now in Jesus' name. He knows the very vertebrae. He knows the very thing that needs to be healed. He's adjusting it. He's the great chiropractor. Come on, he's healing right now in this room in Jesus' name. He's healing broken hearts. There's broken hearts in this place. God's healing you and mending you. Someone's spouse has just recently left them. And the Holy Spirit right now is healing you, restoring you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I want you to know right now, if you're under the sound of my voice, God cares about you. He wouldn't let me end this part of the service without telling you. To whoever you are, Jesus is with you and for you. And he, he will take care of you. He will take care. Someone's concerned about being taken care of. Jesus says, I will take care of you. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, put us on mission. Make us. Invite us into your great story. It's not about us. It's about you. Give us a missional heart. Lord, teach us to bring our faith together as a community and as a church and as a people of God that we can bring more people to Jesus. Ocean's Church, let it be like a wave of salvations to come. Let it be a wave of prodigals coming home. I declare body, soul, and spirit will be healed in this place. Bodies will come broken, leave whole. Spirits will come crushed and leave free. Souls will come heavy and leave with joy. In the name of Jesus. If you've never made a decision decision to follow Jesus, this is the best and most important miracle. Jesus invites you in to be a part of his family. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe, maybe you have for a time, or maybe there's a part of you that trusts him, but today you feel his presence. You want to give him your whole life. Maybe as I've been preaching, you want to have faith like, like the lame man or the four friends. The first step to that is to acknowledge that you're a sinner that that needs the grace of Jesus, that he's forgiven you. He went to a cross and died on that cross for you. Knowing that today, on this hot August day in a tent, you would make a decision to give your life to him. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, just for just a moment of concentration for those who are about to make the best decision of their life, You'd say, I would like to make a decision to follow Jesus. Make him king of kings. Maybe I've given part of me, but I want to give him all of me. Maybe you're watching online. This is for you too. 
you want to make a decision to follow Jesus and trust him, the Bible says this, just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then he becomes Lord. That's all you have to do. And if that's you and you'd say, I want to make that declaration, I want to accept that invitation to make him Lord, make him in charge. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm the only one looking because I'm going to pray with you today. Come on, where are those hands at? Thank you for that hand. Come on, I know there's more. Want to make the decision to follow Jesus. Come on, lift that hand right now. Thank you for that hand, sir. God sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He's proud of you. Come on, thank you for that hand. Come on, church. Greatest decision you will ever make to follow Jesus. Nothing will compare. Nothing. If you made that decision online, you made it right here in the tent. And everybody else, let's pray this prayer in faith. Let's believe that we just came out of the darkness and God placed us in his marvelous light. That's what 1 Peter says. All of heaven celebrates the moment this happens, by the way. So according to statistics, heaven's celebrating all the time. People are getting saved all the time, all across the world. But man, there's a party going on right now because you made a decision to trust him. Will you all repeat this prayer? Say, Jesus, I trust you with my life. Thank you for forgiving me and going to the cross for me. I love you. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for giving me a fresh start. Do whatever you want to do in and through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Would you thank Jesus right now? Isn't he good? Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.